Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dunn. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern and with me this week once again is my dear friend Crystal Wright. Hello Crystal, thanks for being here. You're welcome. It's so wonderful to see you. Thank you for picking Isaiah 40 for this week. We're going to start this week in Isaiah 40 in verse 8. And I'll go ahead and give a spoiler alert. Next week, we're going to be in Isaiah 40 as well, but verse 11. So Crystal, before we get into reading the verse and unpacking the truth and the choice, I really want to talk about why Isaiah 40 is so special. So I want to give a little bit of background and then read the verse. And then if you're okay with it, I'd like for you to start us off with the truth. So we can really break the book of Isaiah into three main sections. So chapters 1 through 35 are considered by many Bible scholars to be the prophetic books. And there's this heavy theme of condemnation. There's a lot of warnings against sin, warning against betraying God, for lack of a better word. God's people were making a mockery of the covenant. So there's this heavy, heavy tone of you're in sin, turn back, and the sin that they're choosing and leaving their first love is being condemned by the prophet. Then in, in chapters 36 through 39, it's a very historic perspective. And in these few chapters, there's this theme of confiscation or loss, loss from Assyria, loss from the pending doom of Babylon. But right here in our chapter of the week starts this beautiful section, chapters 40 through 66. And these are the messianic chapters. And the theme here would be consolation. And it's this really big shift. If you are to read the entire book of Isaiah, and and I have to just go ahead and say it, it's easily my favorite book in the Old Testament. I love the prophet Isaiah, but you can literally feel the shift in the first verse of this chapter because you've had all of these warnings against sin. Now, don't get me wrong. In the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, there is a lot of comfort. There is a lot of encouragement. There are a lot of promises, but the heavy overarching themes are you need to repent and their sin being condemned. Now, all of a sudden, this really big gear change going into to chapter 40, and it starts chapter 40 by saying, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And this makes me weep. If you read this in the context of the entire book, this huge shift, because I find Isaiah 40 so appropriate for where we're at today in our lives and in the world, and how desperately we need comfort, Crystal. And what's interesting about this word comfort, we're not even in our verse of the week yet. This is just setting up our verse of the week. This word comfort, which is spoken twice in Isaiah 40 verse 1, is a really versatile word because it not only means to console or express sympathy, but it also means to relent, repent, or change one's mind. And I just see that transition here in this chapter, not that God has changed his mind, but he's changed his position on how he's coming to his people saying, now you're going to receive my mercy. Now you're going to receive my grace. It's foreshadowing of the messianic chapters that just preceded it because Jesus is coming. You will now experience my grace and my mercy 
the early verses of this chapter talk about how their sins have been punished, but now there's this clarion call going out. It's this this picture of John the Baptist, right, in the Gospels, prepare the way of the Lord. So our verse of the week, Crystal, is Isaiah 40, verse 8, which says, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. You cannot read this verse, though, without also reading the two verses before it. So I'm going to read Isaiah 40, verses 6 and 7 as well. A voice said, Shout. I asked, what should I shout? Shout that people are like grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in the field. The grass withers. The flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. I'm going to read our verse again. The grass withers. The flowers fade. But the word of our God stands forever. That word stands is restores, endures, raises up performs or strengthens. It's a rich word in the Hebrew. And here we find ourselves in this posture of Isaiah 40 in our lives today, Crystal. We desperately need comfort. Where does that comfort come from? It comes from the word of God. Everything else is fleeting. Everything else is temporary. Everything else withers and dies. Everything else is meaningless. It reminds me of Ecclesiastes, right? Meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless except for the word of our God. So Crystal, as we kind of looked at the big picture of Isaiah and now zeroing in on our verse of the week, what is the truth that you encourage listeners to meditate on with you this week? Yeah, I think If I was going to boil it down, just honing in on this verse, it would be that God can do what humans can't, and He proclaims that through His Word. really appreciate the background you gave, because that does give even more weight to that contrast we have between the frailty of us as human beings and this eternal, powerful God who has spoken His Word to us. And I think the older I get, the more grateful I am for just really concrete truths in my life. And so this is one of those verses that I can go to and it just, it's so black and white. It's so clear. I'm not left guessing about what is eternal and what lasts. And I'm grateful for that. And as I was studying a little bit, one of the commentaries was helping describe, you know, more of that picture of grass that withers and flowers that fade. And he described it as it's human frailty shiftiness and changefulness. That's what we experience as humans. That's what what we are apart from the work of God in our lives. That's what we experience in the world around us. And you know, what's more frail than a piece than a blade of grass? What's more frail than a wildflower? You know, those are such temporary things. Um, but we have that contrast. Humans are frail. God is powerful. Humans are shifty. God is trustworthy. Humans change. God is unmovable. And He shows that to us through His Word. And I think that's why our verse says, the Word of the Lord stands forever, because that's how God communicates to us. And I was just meditating on that, and it reminded me of a book I read in college, and the title of it was called, He is There and He is Not Silent. 
And I couldn't even tell you everything that that book was about, but the essence even of that title, the fact that God is there, He is present, and He has chosen not to be silent towards us. He communicates to us. He has communicated His Word to us so that we have an anchor. We know what is true. We have that foundation. And it just it reminded me of Psalm 119, which is actually the longest chapter in the Bible. And that whole chapter is just about honoring and lifting high and revering the Word and the things that God has said. And verse 89 of Psalm 119 says, Your Word is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. And so I was, as I was reading our Isaiah scripture, it just reminded me of that passage. And the picture that I had in my mind was I got to visit Yosemite this summer and I got to hike Half Dome. And Half Dome is just this massive granite rock mountain that sits in the valley there in Yosemite. And it's like 5,000 feet elevation from the valley floor. And it's just this huge, massive, immovable rock. And I had that picture in my mind of that compared to a blade of grass that withers. And just that picture of God and His Word is even more immovable and firm and strong and powerful than even Half Dome, which is one of the most spectacular things in this world that God has created. And so just that picture of how big and how grand and how unshakable God's Word is. And so the truth is just God has spoken to us, and His words can do what no human being could possibly do. So, so good. Thank you for so succinctly bringing truth out of really a a big concept. This is a this is a very general big concept. Everything goes away except God's word. But for me, Crystal, along with the truth you shared, the context of this again is so important to me, not just the chapter and how this is a segue into the messianic chapters of Isaiah, but the verses before it, verses three through seven, all of them are about preparing the way of the Lord. And earlier I mentioned that this is a picture, this is a prophecy of John the Baptist, a direct quote of the voice of one crying in a wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. But we are also called as children of God to prepare the way of the Lord, to share his message, to share the gospel, to bring, you know, anyone that's that's around us into a safe place where when God is drawing them, because God draws people to himself, we don't draw them, but we can allow people to feel safe to ask the questions, or we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us share truth from God's word in a way that's not intimidating or scary or off-putting. We should be able to share truth simply if we're familiar with it. Right. And I, I think for me, the truth of this passage, and as always, I encourage all the listeners to read the whole chapter. Don't just, don't just listen to this podcast and hear the verse that we're, that we're sharing, but read the whole chapter. Because as you read this chapter, you'll see in verses three through seven, the verses right before our verse of the week, this is all about us knowing that we get to participate in preparing for the return of the king. 
And how do we do that? By being married to God's word, by speaking it, by living it, by having a passion for it that is contagious. You know, I have found when I get really excited about God's word, people are like, what, what's she so excited about? I want to I want to look into that. Like, what, what's the big deal? Why are you so, well, it's alive. And when you experience God's word being alive and lasting forever, this picture of the grass and the flowers fading becomes even more poignant because God's word is also alive, like a blade of grass or a flower. But all of those fade away, and only God's word lives forever. Again, John said, Jesus is the word. The word is Jesus. If we want to know the Father, we get to the Father through the person of Jesus. How do we get to know Jesus? By being in the word. And there aren't any shortcuts. There aren't any cliff notes. It's spending time in the word, falling in love with the word, because it's a love letter. It's truly a love letter from God to us. And so if Isaiah has been a book that's a little intimidating for anybody out there, sometimes the Old Testament prophets are intimidating to people. I completely understand it. I would encourage you to maybe start the book of Isaiah in 40, read through the end. So chapters 40 through 66, and then start all over with chapter one, because then you're really going to be able to get the holistic picture. And it's not quite so intimidating if you start with a part that's a little bit more comforting and encouraging, like this chapter starts with. So Crystal, as we look at pulling a choice out of Isaiah 40, verse 8, what is it that comes to you? What is the choice that you're going to make and you encourage listeners to make this week? I think the choice is pretty straightforward, and I think you've already really touched directly on that. And I think our choice is that our lives as Christians should be deeply connected to the Word of God, and not in a general way, but in a very specific way. We should be able to look at decisions that we're making in our lives and say, I'm making this decision because this scripture in the Word of God says this. I have this thought or this opinion about this situation because the Word of God says this. I spoke this to this person because the Word of God says this, and we should in very specific, very tangible ways, not just in a general, oh, there's a Bible, it's God's Word, I think it's got good stuff in it. We should be able to go to a passage and say, this passage here, this is the reason this is the reason that I I live this way. This is the reason that I think this way. And I really think that's our, that's our choice, you know, to make. And I can sit here and say, honestly, I have times in my life where um, I'm more faithful and committed to that than other times. It's usually the easier times in my life. It's easier for me to be distracted and think I've got life under control and I can make decisions without really going back and backing it up with the Word of God. When I'm in trouble or when I'm hurting, I'm so desperate for answers that I find myself drawn more easily to, okay, Lord, please show me something in Your Word. I know Your Word is what's lasting, but it's a choice that it's a choice that each one of us has to make. And I think it's a challenge because we can get caught up in just living life. We can get caught up in even just Christian culture that's not personally connected to the Word of God, um, just things that have been passed down to us, or we can get 
caught up in just the world's thoughts or opinions. And I think it's just taking us back to exactly what you said. Our lives should be absolutely saturated to the point that it shouldn't be a foreign concept for us to literally have a verse and reference that we go back to and we say, this, this is this is what I'm holding on to right now. This is what God's showing me. This is why I'm making this decision. And that makes life actually super exciting. It makes life an adventure. It makes God's Word, the power of God's Word does come alive in us when we're literally embracing it on that level. And it's not just a, a religious book that we pull off the shelf every once in a while to see, you know, kind of check in with God for a moment. It really applies every moment of our lives. Absolutely, Crystal. And as you're sharing, I just, I have to go back and read verses six through eight again. I have to. And here's why. I've been preaching God's word for 20 years now, probably more than 20 years. I've said 20 years for so long, I should probably say, yeah, it's closer to 25 at this point. But, you know, people don't come back to me after 10, 15, 20 years and say, oh, you shared a story, or you had an illustration, or a funny joke, and I just never forgot it. What do they remember? They remember God's word. They remember how God's word cut them open, Hebrews chapter 4, and exposed them for who they really are, not punitively, but to heal them. And again, Isaiah 40, verses 6 through 8, a voice said, shout. I asked, what should I shout? Because I don't know what I should shout. So I asked, shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade, fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. Crystal, why is the prophet Isaiah sharing with us that he was asked to shout this? Why are we supposed to shout this? Because this is a cry of one in the wilderness preparing the way of the Lord. And you know what? It's not external until it's internal. It's not for you until it's for me. And until I am awake and I am living like God's word is the most important investment that I make every day, I'm missing it. I don't get to talk on a podcast or on a stage in any venue without being convicted on a verse like this because we are all tempted, myself included, to prioritize something over the word of God. I believe in my spirit that God is saying to all of us, Shout yourself awake first <laughs> and then shout it to other people in love. And again, this is a message of comfort. This is not a message of condemnation. This is not an angry shout. Wake up, you idiots, and read your Bible because you're all clueless. No, this is a message of comfort. I want to comfort you, the Father God is saying to us. I want to pull you to my chest and comfort you. And we're going to look at that next week, aren't we? In verse 11, I want to comfort you. But in order to do that, you need to choose to come to me, allow me to, to draw you to myself, and you need to be in my word because that is your comfort on this side of heaven, the ministry of my spirit 
the power of my word. It's alive. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It will cut you open and it will expose you for who you really are. But most importantly, it'll make you more like my son, Jesus. It'll take out all the parts of you that I don't intend to be there and I will fill you up with more of my son, Jesus. I will make you more like Jesus when you are in the word, because again, the word is Jesus and Jesus is the word. So let our choice be that we prioritize the word of God, that we put time with Jesus on the calendar, that that is our most important meeting every day. Whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour, Crystal, I don't care. I say to my clients all the time, if you would spend five minutes a day with Jesus, it would change your life. He's not asking us for a massive time commitment. He's asking for our faithfulness because he wants to fill our hearts with more of him. And he's saying to us today, comfort, comfort, Crystal comfort every ear that is listening to this podcast. I want to give you my comfort. Will you come to me? Will you feed on my word? Will you understand that I am the only one that will last forever? My word is the only thing that endures forever. When you feed on my word, you will be strong. You will be at peace. You will be comforted as a mother comforts her child. So Crystal, I can't wait to be back with you again next week. We're going to be in the same chapter, Isaiah 40, but we're going to be in verse 11 next week. Thanks for agreeing in advance to come back. I'm going to hold you to that, and I can't wait to see you next week. Sounds wonderful. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that the grass withers, the flowers fade, everything goes away, but your word is going to stand It's going to endure. It's going to raise us up. It's going to perform your work, your plan in our lives. It's going to strengthen us. It's going to make us more like your son, Jesus. I thank you that you have shown us clearly in your word that this is the one investment that truly matters. It's an eternal investment. And when we make this investment in your word by spending time with you, We are made more like you and we are prepared for all eternity with you. I pray that we would be men and women of the word and that we would prioritize it this week and in the weeks ahead. And it's in the strong and powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.